Okay. Hello. Hi, Kim. How are you? Good. How about you? Good. Thank you. Um, so it's so good to see you. We had to get together virtually because we have been so busy doing so many things. So, but we definitely wanted to get this episode out. Yes. So welcome so. to that Yoga Magic Podcast. Yes. Welcome. <laughs> okay. And right. so uh, today we'll, we'll just dive right in. Today we actually wanted to talk about um, uh, yoga instructors, yoga teachers today versus yoga instructors 10 years ago, 20 okay. years ago, and just kind of the difference in the generations of yoga teachers. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, so what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> so much, so much. Um, I think that, well, first off, first off yoga for is, you know, tell us a little history about the actual practice of yoga. Um, well, I mean, we don't, probably know right the real history of it <laughs> right yeah. you know but we many, know it's been around yeah we know it's been around we i don't think we can even say right Thirty thousand or five thousand yeah you, i usually you know, say I five thousand yeah because i know feng shui has been around for about that long so i just kind of throw them all and lump them all in together they're all they're all ancient practices so <laughs> we'll just say ancient <laughs> i think um you know way back when it was more about the meditative piece is where it started um not so much with right. the and as time progressed right things that um you know, like all the warrior series, those are because of the tales and the fables um, of of actual warriors and their movements. So how their hands moved and how their stances were and things like that. So I think, it, you know, if we're talking about way, way back when, it started from that sort of imitation of, of those things or it came out of those things. Yeah, I know. I know you would know that better than me because I mean, you know the history so much more. Um, I, and you know what else I heard? This is a little bit, this is still talking about the history. Um, I heard that yoga was started and I've heard a couple different things on why it was started. But one of the things that I heard was because, yes, it is a meditation. And the reason they changed, moved, changed into a moving meditation is because so many people were falling asleep. <laughs> when they were meditating, they wanted to move it into a different, a moving meditation, which it is, that's what it is today, a moving meditation. So, huh. and I don't know how true that is or anything, but I do like that story. Yeah, I don't know if that's, I don't know. I don't know that I've ever heard that. <laughs> um, I think that would be more in a, a more recent times. Um because I think now people have such a difficult time sitting still, you know, we have to like always be doing something or we feel like we're doing nothing. And so yep. it's sort of guilt feeling. Um, but yeah, I think that because now, right, we still, even when we're teaching the moving meditation, um, we are still 
trying to have a little bit of that right at the beginning of our class and at the end of the class. Um, so we're still trying to pull in on that, but yeah, we right. think we've lost it um, because of, um, you know, just the quickness of society and that feeling of, you know, if we're taking time to exercise like that, we have to get as much out of it as we can, as many calories as we can out or, you know, as many movements as possible. So, so yeah, but I right. think, um, you know, the Vedas, um, the ancient text is a lot more about con that con trying to build that connection between your body and your mind. And that's where I think it, it all started. Yeah, no, I, I, okay. Okay. Interesting. No, I knew, cause you know so much about like the history and, and how it started, why it started and, and it kind of, <clears throat> so the next thing I wanted to kind of segue into is what we just talked about, about why yoga started and the meditative process. I can hear, I'm going to have to open the door in one second to let my boy in because I can hear oh. him meowing at the door. But okay. um, the reason that a yoga teacher comes around, or at least the reason we're going to now share with our listening audience, why we became yoga teachers. Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm, what I was tapping into, what Kim, what we were just talking about, the meditative, the, um, the grounding that, you know, which is why. I started practicing yoga so I could share that with others. How come you, how come you got into it? Um, you know, I, I just kind of, I really didn't get into it for that. I happenstance stumbled upon it. And then, you know, I, I started learning about it, but I, yeah, I was just, one of my friends and I, we were swimming um, you know, regularly as a regular practice at the Y <laughs> and with our membership, you, know, you could go to other classes, but there wasn't really anything else there that we wanted to go to. And then all of a sudden they brought on a yoga class. And so we were like, okay, well, let's try that. And so it was just on a whim. It, it had nothing to do with like anything serious. <laughs> so I wasn't trying to find myself or anything like that. But um, why did you, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, right. But of course, you know, that's why, why I, I lean towards that term, the yoga magic, because that's what I think happens. You know, it brings you in without you knowing it by making those shapes and making those movements or hearing the Sanskrit, um, mm -hmm. it starts to create that inside of you without you even knowing what's going on. And so, you know, I fell in love with it right away. I really liked it. I was taking a, it was a Hatha class and, um, you know, I just right away liked it. And so I, I, you know, outgrew the why, of course, pretty quickly, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> <laughs> then, you know, then I started doing Bikram and then, then I moved on to Vinyasa and Yin and um, Reiki. And, and you started, you started teaching because for, 
But why did you, you started teaching because you felt the practice and what it had done for you, but you wanted to deepen your practice. You did not want to share it with other people, right? Yeah. I think that's why you took your training. Yeah. The very first teacher training I took, again, it was just kind of like a, you know, I had no, no intentions. I had no want to teach people. At that time, I still really couldn't talk in front of a crowd of people. I had, it was a real right part of like really high anxiety for me. I, I hated being around people I didn't know. <laughs> like all that stuff to me was just like, Ugh. And I was, I just happened to be in a class and um, it wasn't a teacher that I normally took or I normally knew. And I started taking her class. I, I maybe took three or four classes and I really liked it. Um, and she approached me saying, oh, you know, you where do you teach yoga? You know, and I'm like, oh, I'm not a teacher, you know? And she's like, oh, well, your practice is, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh no, you know, I'm not a teacher. I just practice and she happened to be teaching a teacher training and it was starting up like in the next month or something and she was like oh well you should you should come to and I was like oh yeah. hell no <laughs> and I told her you know right. like I'm really good in front of people and I can't I really can't talk in front of people and she said oh well why don't you just come if you want and you know you could just learn more you know and so i thought yeah you know so i did i wanted to learn more about the history i actually was really interested in learning the sanskrit that was one of like which is such a like small piece of the teacher training but at that time yeah. like i thought that would be like a, it was a big thing you know and i i really wanted to learn it um so yeah so that's how i i and it happened to be a good time with my other job um Things were kind of crumbling at my other job. It was a real high stress situation. And um, yeah, it was a good time for me to take a break. So <laughs> it just all like fell together. Yeah. yeah, so it was just happens now. Okay. But once I, okay, even, even once I started doing the training, I was still not like, I'm not going to teach. Um, right. But that studio really pushed me um, where the training was before I even finished uh, teacher training, they had asked me to teach. And, um, you know, that's when I started developing this like feeling of like, wow, you know, yoga has brought me all of this stuff, you know, yeah. and really like brought me just like joy in finding something that I like to do that I can just keep learning about and doing more and more and so that's where I started feeling like yeah it's my turn to like give back what yoga has given to me so so how long have you been a yoga teacher uh 12 I I've been for like oh yeah because you've been a, a while I think I've only been a yoga teacher for not not even 10 like seven or eight seven or eight so but, um, and so anyway, the reason I'm referencing this is because I think that it's so important because yoga today is so, I believe it's changed or not necessarily changed, kind of branched off into other directions, but there are still, there is still the same 
at least for me, when I teach, I still teach the same way I did. I think I'm actually better. I've had more experiences and more things I can share with my audience. Um, And, you know, and and going back to our, I think it might've been like our first episode, we spoke about the imposter syndrome and how we are afraid to say things that pop in our brain. And we're afraid to share those with people because we think that what we thought was so stupid, we don't want to like put it out there. Um, And and nowadays, when I have something that pops in my brain, I just blurt it out because I know somebody needs to hear it, or maybe I need to hear it out loud, or you know what I mean. Yeah. I don't. Um, I, I, I. It's so I believe that we want to share with people. We want to influence people. We want to. We want people to feel our authenticity, so that they have a good yoga journey, and they can feel their yoga journey. Yeah, and that's at least why I why I teach it. Well, it's um, really funny because sometimes when you say something, you know, you just you really have no idea. Like, it, you know, maybe nobody connects with it. It's possible, but you have no right. idea like what what other everybody else in the room is going through, and it's likely that it connects with somebody. Um, I just had this very recently, um, you know, I just lost my dog of 17 years. And one of the first classes that I taught, because I had to take a a little bit of time off. um, And I was reading like a one of the like a grief saying at the end of it. And um. I think, gosh, I think maybe even three weeks went by and I was teaching another class and one of the girls, she actually left the studio and then she came back upstairs and she said, you know, I just wanted to tell you when you were reading that quote, you know, that I, she lost, I think it was her brother and um, she said it really helped her, really, you know, connected to her. And, you know, of course I had no idea and, um, you know, she, you know, like I said, this was weeks later that she came back and told me um, yeah, that it yeah. helped her out and that, you know, so we don't, you know, when we're going through know, the yeah. things that we're going through, yeah, I mean, we don't know. You know it, one well, time you, and this is off topic, but you one time read a quote in one of your classes and it totally spoke to me and I keep it and I read it and I read it. And I read it to myself, and it's a very, very big thing. So, yeah, reading quotes or make saying things, they're very big deals to people. We don't yeah. even know. So we, we don't. We have no idea, you know, the real impact that we can have. And I think it's harder for me. I think you're a lot better at it. You share um, a lot more. I'm a, a little more reserved. I... I do, I, I feel that I have gotten a lot better over, especially the last few years. I really have, before I think it, I would just kind of touch it like very lightly. I, I would kind of tiptoe around it, you know, but um, I definitely have been making more of an effort to 
because I, I guess maybe when I first started teaching, I, I always thought like, oh, it's all about the students and not about me, you know? So I kind of kept everything locked in, <laughs> would talk to them and ask them about them and that stuff, you know? And so I don't think I yeah. really hardly anything, but I have learned, you know, that it does. It helps That's them. Amazing. Yeah. It helps people connect to you. It helps them knowing that you're going through things as well. So, And when people hear their instructor tell them something personal or, or for instance or a situation or whatever, it helps, yes, like you said, connect. But it also brings out authenticity from that instructor to that client um, and vice versa. And I. I, I think that's like the hu a huge word for, for this topic, for what we're talking about today is being authentic and being real and right. sharing. Um, for me, at least, this is, for, in my opinion, I believe that is so important to our practice because, yeah. Yeah, yeah and I think, Just you know, be being, like you're bringing in all of your, all because we've been practicing for some time, and so you pick up all all little things from the many many teachers that you've met or passed through or learned from, and you're bringing mm -hmm. all of that forward. Um, and so places where more corporate yoga where you're only allowed to use certain terms or certain words, um, you know, that's where you lose that lineage of all of the teachers who taught you. Yeah. And yep. Yeah. And you lose the reality. You, you are speaking kind of from a script. So you're not really sharing a part of you, your individuality with others, which I believe makes yoga, yoga, or is a large part of making yoga, yoga, at least for me. I do know that if I walk into a place and I am, I lay down my mat to practice and I don't connect with that instruct with that teacher. And I don't mean connect, like be best friends with, but like, if I don't see that instructor, being real and authentic and honest with that per with his or her clients, it immediately, I immediately get a bad taste in my mouth and I want to walk out. Yeah. So, but I mean, that a, a teacher is extremely important to me um, because I got to make, make sure that I'm feeling that connection. Otherwise, if I don't walk out, I, you know, I usually don't walk out, but I won't come back. <laughs> so, um, Right, yeah. and I know I I how you feel about this. You will probably walk out. <laughs> I have walked out. You know, I and I feel bad now that I'm a teacher, <laughs> but um, but yeah, before I became a teacher, there were definitely times I would show up where you know there's a sub or something that I didn't know about, and I'd be like, oh no, I'm out of here. <laughs> I had no, I had no shame at that time. I, you know, and, and I guess part of me at that time, I was working a lot. My, my time was very, you know, I only wanted, I didn't have a lot of free time. And so I didn't want to 
waste any time with someone that, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't going to enjoy the class. So I felt justified at the time, but it was probably, it would have been better for me to (laughs) sit in it and do something that I didn't know or do learn something, be around, you know, something that I wasn't familiar with, but I wasn't there. Yeah. (laughs) But now I, I wouldn't walk out. I, I would definitely you know, try to, you know, that's part of yoga is finding patience and finding grace wherever you are, whatever situation you're in. So nowadays I would definitely, and you know, I, I, it's terrible to say, but I do go to classes now that are just not my style because it's such a challenge for me. And, um, but, but yeah, Kim, when they're, when it's not your style, when you go to classes and they're not your style, and we sit through them. Sometimes I tell myself there's something here that I that is that is for me that I gotta get. So just sit yeah. sit in it. So sometimes yeah. I do, you know, make myself. Yeah, that's what I tell myself too. It's like this it's good for me, you know. But yeah, it's it's certainly hard. But yeah, I definitely feel I've I've evolved from walking out of classes. Yeah. yeah. No, me too. Absolutely, me too. Um but but the inauthenticity, if I, if I see that in, in an instructor or I feel that from the class, then I do, I, I mean, I don't walk out or anything. Like I said, I just don't go back. Right. Um, I make myself to sit through it, but, um, cause I always tell myself there's something here that you got to get, there's something here and maybe yeah. I'll, maybe the lesson is sitting through the class. Maybe that's the lesson. And this is the magic of yoga. We get, we get all these <laughs> Yeah, I've also had it had that happen where afterwards, um, you know, because I, I, I guess in our community, you know, I, I'm pretty people know me. And so when that happens, I have had them come talk to me after, you know, because it makes them nervous. Um, and then I'll try to talk to them about that. I'll try to talk to them about, you know, well, you could. You could show a little more of yourself, you know, you, you seem kind of, you know, worried up there. Just let it go. Just let it just be you up there, you know. So I, I have yeah. had that happen where then, you know, I will try to to talk to newer teachers and just let them know that, you know, it's fine to make a mistake. I, you know, I think most young teachers, that's the biggest thing. They're trying to stick to their scripts so tightly because they don't want to make a mistake that they lose their personality. And um, right. so, yeah, so, you know. So which, now, now we, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, which at the beginning, I, you know, there's, there's like no way around that, you know, <laughs> you have to, yeah. you have to like just, yeah. Struggle through those first, you know, however long until you break out of it. Um, so I, th- I kind of think this is the perfect segue for what we're talking about today is teachers today versus teachers yesterday versus teachers 10 years ago. So I think that because there is a difference. Um, we have a few episodes back. We did an episode on generations. If you have not heard that, please catch that. I thought that was a great one. But there are very, we are very different generations. Um, so where Kim and I, we might, you know, we are, you and I are from the same generation, but somebody from like the millennials or Gen Z or the baby boomer generation, you know, yeah. 
we all teach differently. So I know our generation plays a large part of it. But my opinion, I believe that the reason I wanted to bring this topic up, it's so important, is because yoga, like we discussed at the very beginning of this podcast, is an is ancient practice. It's an ancient belief. It's a um, you know so many thousands of years old, um, and it's a moving meditation. And sometime, maybe because of the generations or what, I believe that got a little bit lost. And as we move forward, I believe it's getting a little bit lost. Um, and seeing some teachers coming out today, not knocking the teachers because they're just doing what they learn. Right. Um, I'm seeing less and less of what we, what Kim and I, what we have discussed this, this past, um, these past you know few minutes that we've been together for this episode. I'm, I'm seeing a lot more you know, exercise, aerobics, that's why we're here, let's start out, I'm seeing a lot of that, and that's, and, and that maybe that's because of my, my generation, maybe it's because I'm, you know, old, that I don't resonate with that, right, would would you say? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, I'm, I was just wondering when you're talking about that, do you think it's more, you know, because, the younger generation is so online and online it's a lot harder to to come across that way you know it's more about the like actual exercise and the movement and like the time like the shorter amount of time like i see some of those those classes there it's like a 20 minute yoga class and i think hmm. <laughs> you know like that's really hard and when you're online and 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 all the all of you listening i mean we online we can say type you know how perfect our life is and show a really pretty picture of something but you don't really know for the the realness you don't know if that's real and that's kind of sometimes not knocking teachers today but i'm just saying that's kind of sometimes what you get in the class too you have right. a facade of hey yoga teacher let's right. do this i'm wearing a cute app follow me my body's good blah 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 okay we're right. done. Let's stay. so yeah <laughs> oh, i think that's true i, I thought about just from that it's that whole you know the look and um the script and the you know yeah the loss of that you know, just like simple things, like sometimes, you know, I'll play the bowls. There's like no way to feel that vibration or that connection as strong and as you're in a tiny, tiny studio over being, you know, online. You know, it still is, can be um, very influential and very important. But yeah, I think it, it's, it, it's not, it's just not the same. And, you know, not to say one is better than the other, but it is, it is not the same. And it's not what, you know, exactly what we're used to, because we're used to being in tiny studios where the maximum is six people, you know, or 10 people and not these giant, giant rooms where, you know, where you're, you're trying to pack in so many people. Yeah. Wow, I never thought of that. So I do think that's what I never, I've said, the yoga teachers today, 
are, you know, different than yoga teachers yesterday, or they teach different than yoga teachers yesterday. And then, but now it makes so much sense because of the generation, how they were brought up, which yeah. is mostly online. Right. And yeah. And, but I mean, even, and you're right. Even those 20 minute videos when you, you know, you can do a yoga class online, get on YouTube and do something, whatever. Um, but even when you're in person with the teacher and you're taking the class, you're still almost feeling like you're online because it's not personal. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. I, you yeah. know, when I say this is I, I did go to somebody's class and uh, she was a, a millennial um, and literally like there was no eye contact. And that's what made me think that because not only like throughout teaching the class, but um, like when I, when you came in, like there just wasn't that like, like, you know, for us, you know, it's um, so I don't know. I don't know if that's the, the whole reason, but I think it's, just, it's, it's got to play into it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then as far as sometimes you hear, Okay, number one, when I first started practicing yoga, there was zero music. I remember one time guy was listening to to his Walkman or earbuds or whatever, and I, Mr. Vasana, he was listening to his own personal, and I actually went out and I complained. Oh my god, I can't believe what a what a. But yeah, I went out and I complained. I was like, this is not okay. Yoga, and now you cannot find a silent yoga class. <laughs> you can you know those early morning um you know uh what i want to say not hatha but um iangars you know those those guys are practicing yeah. without early early morning you find what but, usually they're called silent yoga <laughs> yeah and, and you know it's funny too because i i feel that way like if for whatever reason, you know, your music cuts out or you can't get it connected to, for whatever reason, it's almost like a little panic. It's like, I can't talk without music. You know? Know. That's happened to me before. And I did my, I said, okay, we're going to do our first silent yoga. <laughs> then one time it happened to me that my music cut out or I lost, I lost like, my phone. <laughs> yeah, I think that's true. I, I kind of think back when I started in that at the Y, there wasn't any music in that class. Um, yeah, see, yeah, exactly. Me too. The same with my first class. But, but, and okay, Bikram so for a long time, Bikram didn't have any music in those classes. Yeah. That um, was my first. Those are my, so I think that's why yeah. I complained. <laughs> um, but, now, so since we're talking about music, I'm going to say that I believe the mu that yoga music needs to be grounding. It needs to be like yoga music. It needs to be, I believe, beautiful, quiet, blah, blah, blah. Some of the classes I go to now are very opposite. I hear, I've heard country music. I've heard rap music. Yeah. Um, loud. Now, but... But instead of me bashing on that, I'm going to go back to the generations. Maybe I think it's way loud and does not need to be there, but that's not my music. Right. Because that's not my generation. You know what I mean? I just, man, I can play 80s music till the cows come home. Exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, because, you know, in mine, I do, I usually try to 
intermix it. Like I'll have yoga music, but it's intermixed with, you know, The Cure or Depeche Mode or, or Cindy Lauper or something. Me too, me too. Um, me but I do feel like I keep it at a level that is not loud. Um, I try me to- Me too. If I feel like I'm trying to talk over the music, I always turn it down. Um, because I do feel like it should be more of a background, just kind of white noisy. Um, but I do think it's fun. <laughs> I do think it is fun. Like, you know, if you're in down dog and something's on and you can kind of dance around a little bit, it, it all kind of depends on the class and, and the people in the class. I mean, yes. I do feel like yoga should be fun. And Sometimes that is the fun, you know, just you did a super hard flow and now you're just like dancing or rocking out to Phil Collins or whatever, you know. <laughs> no, I agree, Cam. No, that's absolutely so, yeah, true. It should be fun. Balance of it and of course finding finding the finding the tribe, you know, the tribe of what who likes that and and who doesn't, you know. So Right. Yeah. But I do, I mean I no, tend I I will blast my music a little bit more, you know, like in, in Shavasana, maybe I'll turn it up, you know, um, I don't know. And yeah. sometimes yoga music has um, explicit words, swearing that I'm not a, I'm not a fan of that either. Yeah. Cause you never know who's in the room. Um, and you would, I would hate to offend anyone by the music. Gosh, that would be terrible. But, um, but yeah, I do, I do think I know what you're talking about, you know, but it, but I, and I do think though, the classes that are separated out, like, you know, um, where, you know, the music is going to be loud. I think that then, cause that's what you're expecting. So like DJ yoga, right. You know, the music is oh. going to be loud. And those are fun and there's nothing wrong with that, but you go and you expect that, you know? So yeah, if you show up to what you think is a regular vinyasa class and they're blaring country music, yeah, you might be like, oh, <laughs> but I don't know. So how do you, how do you feel about um, teachers these days who, who just, I don't know, it's, I was going to say just, you know, sometimes people can look at the practice, like I almost glamorize it. Like I want to be a yoga teacher. Like, oh, I am. I have Lululemon. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm blah, blah, blah. And I'm, and they take all these amazing pictures of them standing on their hands or something. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes people are like that today as well. And they, yeah, they totally. think that that. It's so hard because, you know, I do that. I, on my Instagram, I take all sorts of crazy pictures and put them up there. But because for me, it's fun. You know, I think it's super fun, super cool. Um, but yeah, I think that like the, um, I don't know. I think that that shows in your practice. You have to also be able to do that in front of your the people, you know. <laughs> and so I think it's pretty easy to figure out who's doing it just for the photo and and who's not, you know. But I think that sometimes about the like celebrity yogis, you know, like 
<laughs> you oh, right. How like set you're up right. prop those are and things like that. But yeah. In this day and age, in this day and age with social media and celebrities and influencers and followers or creators or whatever they're called. Yes, yeah. I totally see this is so good. Today's yoga versus yesterday's yoga. It's it's um the teachers. We're talking about the teachers. It's yeah. I've absolutely learned from this episode. I've learned that it's a generational thing. I've learned that it's not because the teacher, it's not because like, oh that person is no good. It's because maybe it's how that person was yeah. um, brought up or taught. You know, when we were when we were first doing yoga before we were teachers, the the only thing we had to reference was the teacher in front of us, yoga books and you know, yoga journal. I still have in my presence stacks of paper yoga journals. <laughs> right, think- totally. Now it's just whatever you see on Instagram. You're you're trying poses from Instagram, not from yoga a yoga journal article. You know, I'm blown away. That was so profound. That was so profound. You didn't have anything. You know, I mean, you literally had hard books, right? We had all the like the Swensons, Doug Swenson, and those guys. Their hard books. and yeah, pretty much, you know, paper, books, or yoga journal. <laughs> yoga journal magazine. So interesting. I, I've never really, I've never even thought about that. So yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that um, it's kind of like having a horse now versus having a horse years ago. Years ago, I needed to hire trainers. I needed to learn. I needed to listen. I needed to figure things out. These days, I could probably get a horse and train a freaking horse. Off yeah. of YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy. And you know, that is I guess the struggle maybe um for us is that yeah, how much of that can we start to bring in so that we can stay connected to the younger um students coming in? Um and can we go online yeah. um at you know our, our generation? You know, so it's, you know, staying authentic. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what's going to, the authenticity is what's going to hit the younger generation or not just the same way as it might hit the older generation or not. It, It all, it's all out there and all we can do is do the way that we do it. And like you said earlier in this podcast, find your tribe. Yeah. Find your tribe because that's what resonates with you. And that's what resonates with you. And, you know, we're old, old school, Kim and I, old school teachers and our beliefs about our practice. But there are many people probably these days that we could resonate with or that we don't resonate with. And that's okay. Yeah. Or vice versa. Right. Right. And yeah, you know, and that's just it. You know, I just between you and us, you know, you and I have had conversation over conversation about because you know we do social media but it's not like important to us we do it because we're we want to you know connect to that realm or bring that in but it's like not high priority and you know we probably lose some clientele because we're not pushing the social media like we probably should but that's just because but maybe 
social media clientele is not the clientele that we're we're you know that we want to attract. Right. We don't know. Or maybe it is. I'm just, oh. Oh, whoa. Sorry. Oh. Oh, party foul. <laughs> but anyway, so that's so interesting. I actually I learned. I learned from this episode, Kim, just talking with you. It just makes me so much happier because I, I honestly believe the, the beauty and the art of yoga was being lost as time progressed. Mm. But I don't think it's being lost. I hope I not. I think it's maybe. Yeah, I hope not too. Yeah. I think it's, it's ancient and I think it's a ancient practice. Yeah. And it's such a beautiful thing. You know, we just passed the fall equinox. So I just did the fall 108. And that is something that I feel like, you know, always reminds me about going back to that ancient practice, because that is something that like we do out of routine. And it is really something that always reminds me every time I, I start to prepare or prep for that class, I think, oh, in my regular classes, I need to bring more of, you know, this into it. It's like that constant reminder of, of bringing bringing more of that ancient piece back into the class. So, so yeah. And you're one away to the best. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, I hope it's no, not. They're classic. There's room for both. Like we always say, there's, there's so much room for every kind of yoga. And this is just our vantage point. Um, so this is probably a good time. I to love that. But we can introduce my little guy if you're watching online. We have like a new little, a new little podcaster here. Oh, <laughs> oh he's so, so precious. So it might have a little bit of his snoring on it. We'll see if I can take it out of the background. But <laughs> good boy, he sat quietly with you this whole time on your lap. Good boy. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. Thank yes. you so much. Okay. This is That Yoga Magic Podcast. This is Kim. Yes. And this is Jen and Namaste. Hey.